Just before we begin this episode on elements of theatre composition, we are trying a new format for these episodes, more conversational in tone. Uh, we hope you enjoy them. Feel free to give your feedback at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and this is the last of our very special episodes with very special guest Andrew Byrne as we talk about elements of theatre composition. And today we are going to discuss motion. So without further ado, I bring you Andrew Byrne. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Nick. Thank you very much for having me great. again. Uh, so many times. This is great. Yeah. This is our last episode together. So well, that's if, if everyone's listened to them in order. Oh, yeah, they could. If you've started with this one, you're probably really confused right now. <laughs> this is our last one. I'll put them on a playlist, okay? <laughs> Listen to them in order. Make this important. Or we'll just cut this or we'll keep it. You know, maybe you've learnt to love us or this is the first time you've spoken to us. Like, who, who are these idiots? Uh, so let's, let's find out a little bit more about motion now. The VCAA decides that this is going to be their their longest definition. So let's (laughs) let's see. So the VCAA say that motion is the movement or implied movement of actors and design features in the theatre space. This may include position, pattern, arrangement, proportion and spatial flow. So many words to talk about. <laughs> so many words to talk about. Okay, the movement. We got that. M- motion is movement. We understand. Motion is movement. Swift in motion like a ball. Or implied about? movement. Well, what does that mean? Well, I've... I've got movement. I move my arm or I walk. What's yeah. implied movement? Well, can sound imply movement? Okay, so actors stand still. Sound of sound. This is the sound effect of footsteps. Yep. Now we're in a new location. That's right. Um, actors sitting on a chair. Sound effect of a train. What the actors are now on a train. Ah, okay. Or, or moving on a train. Yep. Okay. So you could be perfectly still and the audience thinks you're moving. Mm-hmm. And that is motion. Yeah, well, even what about the, the sound effect of waves crashing? Does that then... I mean, that's motion. That's implied motion. But it gives the audience the, the interpretation that they're at the beach. Or that there's motion of waves happening. Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, okay. Or like a, you said a train before, light flickering quickly across the space may look like ah, a train movement. so now you've added the production role of lighting yeah okay to my to my motion so yeah. my, my actors are still but everyone thinks they're moving mm-hmm. and that that could be motion yeah but then the actors start to bounce softly in their seats and and sway from side to side it then helps the audience to again i mean the actors aren't on a train yeah and then we have movement because they've now it's not implied movement it's it's literal movement yep. okay so but all of this works together to um, inform the audience that in this moment, in this time, the actors, the characters are on a train and they're travelling from point A to point B. Okay. Uh, And motion is going to be used, obviously, by actors almost all of the time, but also by the other production roles as well. We've got set that's going to be constantly moving. I haven't seen a play in a long time that that has set and is using set that doesn't use it swiftly and it moves and creates a sense of energy in the space, the motion of the set, the movements of the transition. Sometimes the transitions are even part of the the piece intentionally. The actors in the scene move us to the next location Mm -hmm. and that's motion too. Well, I mean, think of um, recent production of Jasper Jones. I mean, that was was MTC as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, they had a revolving stage and so the actors were able to use the revolving stage to make it look like they were travelling long distances when they were just walking from one side of the stage to the other but as the stage revolved 
with the houses moving around, the actors then walking in between those houses, they then travel at a long distance. Okay, I got a question for you then. Challenge. <gasps> An actor still on a moving revolve. Is the actor moving or not? Is the actor in motion? Oh, well, yes, because they they are moving through the space. So is that motion or implied motion? That's motion, isn't it? That's motion. That's motion. Okay. That's motion. That the set is moving them, mm-hmm. but the actor is moving through the space. So that's, that's motion. That's motion. If you're in a car, there's motion. Yep. Yeah. So if you're moving a set, great, that's motion. We're, we've got it. Yep. We've worked it out. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, great. So the movement or implied movement of actors and design features in the theatre space. So lights move. Yes. We, are, we have movers. We have light with the ability to move, mm-hmm. whether that go from uh, a, a, a large amount of light to a small amount of light and mm-hmm. us actually seeing the movement of, of, of the light changing because of the shutters, automatic mm-hmm. shutters, actual movers in lighting, people being able to control where the light is moving, how the gobos shift and how yeah. things are adjusted. And you, rec- you can, some of the lights that are available now, you can record patterns of movement. Um, I know that in one of my productions last year with the students um with my students we did brothers grim spectaculathon and one of the scenes in that is a game show and so my students designed the our two movers to move in a circular pattern around the stage to give that idea that hey we're in this sort of circus game show kind of um location it wasn't used anywhere else in the production because it didn't suit the production in anywhere in any other scene so again we're talking about intention aren't we mm-hmm. those lights were used on purpose to create a game show atmosphere that's right they would not be appropriate at probably any other time in the piece no. because that's not the, the mood that that lighting is trying to create and yep. we, whenever we're talking about elements of theater composition it's about things done on purpose with intention or mm-hmm. what we call deliberate mm-hmm. it, ha- it it is a choice you are making on purpose in regards to motion what was this what was your interpretation what choice did you make to get that interpretation onto the stage, across to the audience? Right. And motion is also, as we continue to talk about the definition, just breaking down the words for this one, this may include position. Mm-hmm. So where you are positioned in the space, and if you move from position A to position B, how is the motion from A to B, and what does it mean? Yep. How does that affect the audience's interpretation, or how does it affect what the audience is seeing, how yep. you move? Did the actor run from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. And how did they get there? Was it a direct line? Mm-hmm. And you can imagine, I mean, we're talking a little bit about a way, about a way before uh, the play, uh, where at the very start of the play, we're in scene two, Tom and Meg are talking backstage after the first performance. Mm-hmm. And Tom's got a gift for Meg, and Meg's waiting for her overbearing mother to come. So she's kind of desperate to leave, lest her mother make a terrible scene. But Tom really wants to give her this gift. And... Imagine all the different ways a Tom can approach a Meg. All the different ways that scene can play out. All we need is for Tom to walk and speak to Meg. Mm-hmm. Think of all the different ways you can interpret that moment. Is he confident? Does he go right in? Is he nervous? Exactly right. Does he shuffle? Exactly. <laughs> does he join another group of people and wait awkwardly? Does he, does he go with the group or not? Motion's really important there. And that's also talking about the pattern, isn't it? The pattern and how you move you got position and then the pattern to get there. Mm-hmm. Or your pattern around the space. Ancient Greek chorus or dance or moments where lots of people can be arranged in a variety of patterns. That can tell a story. A yeah. mob in lines, like a, a regiment, is different from an angry mob. And then the, the proportion of that and then how they flow through the space. So the proportion of, let's say you are doing a revolt scene where people are revolting mm-hmm. and you've got 
clear proportions of large amount of mob to small amount of security force. That tells a story. Yes, that shows that one group is more powerful than the other. Yeah, and there could be a shift in their motion that we go from large to small Mm -hmm. and and how we move through the space. Do they go at them in a direct line or do they split and surround them? Yeah, all of those motions will have a different message to the audience about what's going on on the stage. Actually, you talked about a way before, and I think about the, the, the motion of the stage lifting to that 45-degree angle. For those of you who didn't get to see the production of a way by Moldhouse, the stage elevates to a 45-degree angle, sort of splits in half to reveal um, the beach scene. Um, but that is actually part of the storm scene as well. So as these the, the rain is pelting down and the some of the actors are positioned on the stage as it's elevating, that slow reveal was, um, yeah, was, well, for one thing, it was really cool, but it also allowed the, the, the stage to become a new location. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> and we also, the idea of rigid becoming okay. flexible and flexible becoming rigid is interesting to watch. So a, a harsh, rigid set transforming to a flexible, moving space. I mean, that's transformative, literally, and also for an audience. It can be awe-inspiring and exciting. And you can use that... Uh, as an actor, you can use that as a set designer. You can even think about that as a sound designer. Well, you can think about that as a costume designer as well. If you, you're creating a costume that uh, restricts the amount of movement that an actor is able to have on stage, and what does that say about that character? Are they really bound? Are they, are they really tight and, and restricted? You even think about the the movement and flow of a of a skirt if it's designed in the right material in the right way you know what does that say about a a character or the context of the time period um so even costume has motion absolutely uh great we've talked a lot about position and pattern and arrangement and proportion a little bit about proportion and, and where you're putting the actors on the space and how they move or where the set is and how much of the set uh how much of the stage the set takes up that's really important to movement and can affect motion. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about some examples of where we see we see motion. We've talked a little bit about dancing and musical theatre. We've talked about how the how the set moves and how there's motion and revolution between armies and and rioters. I wonder if there's uh, more subtle versions of of motion that we see in theatre. Well, I I think you need to think of motion also as the lack of motion. Where does stillness and silence? Um, that deliberate choice to not have any movement in that moment um, it can be just as powerful as or it's just as meaningful as having movement the director you really want to think about the motion of a piece where actors start where actors finish whether they come from left to right or, or right to left from upstage downstage where do they begin where do they end because that's telling a story as well we want, to, we want to see the story being told and we want the space being used to tell that story. So you do, as a director, want to think about where the set comes from, where the actors come from and how they interact. This set arriving with gusto from stage left and the actor meekly entering from stage right tells you a lot about the space that actor is entering and tells you a lot about the character and how they're experiencing that scene. So you really want to think about all the elements and how they come together, motion, matters and where motion comes from matters yeah i'm thinking back to um love song produced by red stitch um theater company last year and and the the very beautiful and poignant moment at the end of the play where 
spoiler alert, one of the characters is, is about to pass away. And they've talked about through the, throughout the play their, their hammock in their backyard. And at the end of the play, they, they, they hang up the hammock and the two actors playing this beautiful elderly couple sit in the hammock. And there's this gentle swaying as they sit there arm in arm, knowing that she's about to pass away. You know, it, it was silent, but and it was almost still, but just that soft, gentle swaying of those two characters in, in that final moment together, um, you just brought tears to your eyes. <laughs> so motion can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time, Andrew Byrne. Thank you so much. This has been a real thrill. That is all from us at The Aside. There are other episodes on elements of theatre composition and we have some resources available, including a PowerPoint with some clips and some questions you might like to ask your students about the elements of theatre composition, two posters and some more detailed explanations of the styles. Feel free to ask for those at asidepodcast at outlook.com. If you have any suggestions for a future episode or you would like to ask a question, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you very much to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you very much to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>